It's great to see each and every one of you. It really is. Last Sunday was a Vision Sunday. And if you missed last Sunday, I hope that you pull it up online, watch it, listen to it. And part of the vision, we shared about Thanksgiving Sunday. We, we're now in a new phase of Thanksgiving, having a special offering for the community. And we're believing for $70,000 on Thanksgiving Sunday above our tithes. Last Sunday, last year, $67,000 was raised. And last year, it went towards community, Vanier Community Church, to help them with their outdoor doors, or the doors leading into their, into their building. It's an old building, and uh, we blessed them greatly. And, but the stairs leading up to those doors is a mess. It needs work. We're believing to raise $32,000 for that. So people can not just get in those doors, they can get up to those doors and hear the love of Jesus. We shared last Sunday that there's a church plant, a Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada church plant coming here in our city at the Ottawa University, January 2020. And Pastor Travis Blackmore is the pastor. We're excited about that. That is a harvest field. Thousands of people in that university. And he's sweating a little bit because he needs to raise funds, needs a sound system, audiovisual. Found a lead, $100,000 worth of equipment for $28,000. We're believing we're going to raise that $28,000. And we're going to lift that stress. We're going to bless that church as it begins. Then we shared about a church near us of another denomination, Arlington Woods Free Methodist Church. And uh, the tornado came in about this time last year, blew the roof off their Christian Ed wing. Insurance is giving them a new roof, but they are going to remodel that building to better reach the community and the next generation. I'm going to drop by there the last Sunday of this month in between our two morning services. They've asked me to come to give a greeting, and I'm hoping I can take a $10,000 check just to bless that church and say we believe in them. Come on, that's exciting. And we are honestly pumped about it. So if the Lord's stirring your heart, and I hope he does, you can mark on your envelope Thanksgiving. We'll have a special offering on Thanksgiving Sunday. Next Sunday night is an all-church prayer. I, can't, I, I have missed our all-church prayer gatherings. And it's always on the third Sunday of each month. We're starting again next Sunday night. Come. Prayer makes the difference. Lastly, we have an election coming up. And I obviously can't stand here and tell you who to vote for. But I can say to you, vote. Please vote. And sometimes people come to me and complain about politics. My first question is, did you vote? And sometimes they say no. And I say, talk to the hand because the face ain't listening. And you got to vote, right? You got to vote. Vote prayerfully. Do your homework. Don't just vote by the conviction of dollars and cents, your pocketbook. Vote by your convictions of what God's word would share. And uh, I just invite you to be in prayer Canada needs the Lord. I love the nation of Canada, and I'm believing God's going to do a great work from coast to coast. Somebody, somebody say, amen, amen. How many people are now ready for God's Word? Come on, you're ready for God's Word. I am been so excited to launch this fall sermon series that we are calling I Pray. And I want you to pull out your sermon outline. It is in the back of your bulletin, or you can pull it up on your handheld device. And a great big shout out, welcome to our online church, people in our city, our province, nation, and globally around the world that tune in every single Sunday. Have you ever wondered, how do I pray? What do I pray? Does God even hear my prayers? Is there an answer to my prayer? Well, over the next eight Sundays, we're going to explore one of the greatest prayers that's ever been prayed. It's called the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus gives us a model. Jesus gives us a pattern. 
And in that Lord's Prayer are eight phrases, eight prayers that if we unlock them and understand them, it will change our prayer life. And so that's what I want to talk to you about over the next eight Sundays. I want you to look at Luke 11, verse 1. One day, Luke 11, verse 1, Jesus is praying in a certain place. I mean, he always went to the same place, and he's praying. And when he's finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. I want to pick it up now in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 5. Jesus said, when you pray... Don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues, on the street corners, to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. Look at verse 6. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who's unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Verse 7. When you pray, don't keep on babbling, 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 babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many... Many words. Do not be like them, verse 8, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This then is how you should pray, Our Father, say it with me, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Give a clap offering of praise to the Lord God. Amen. This morning, I want to unpack for you the first phrase, the foundational phrase that if we don't get this figured out in our spirit, We will never understand how to truly connect and truly pray. And our prayer life will remain on a low level. I want to share with you as I begin that Jesus exploded something that was not understood to its fullest when he gave the Lord's Prayer. You may not know this, but only seven times, seven times in the Old Testament, God is called Father. I mean, he's called creator, he's called almighty God, but but he's only called father seven times. And in the Old Testament, for thousands of years, nobody truly understood God as a father. And even before Jesus unpacks the model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, he three times says the word father. Now, I want you to write this in your notes, because I want you to see this. This is so foundational. The Greek word for father that is used here is pater, P-A-T-E-R. And it's an intimate term. And it actually means daddy. It actually means papa. When my kids were younger, I loved when they called me, especially my girls, daddy. And now that they're in their 20s, when they want something from me, they just say daddy, and it works. It's an intimate word. In fact, the Aramaic word for pater is Abba. Now, if you're my age, please hear me. I am not talking about the Swedish rock band from the 70s. Abba was the Aramaic word for the Greek word pater, and it's an intimate word. And so when Jesus taught us the Lord's Prayer, he's teaching us to look at God and connect with God. The prayer of connection is not just that he's our creator, not just that he's the almighty God, but but we need to understand that he's our daddy. He's our papa. 
He's our daddy. We can have an intimate connection with Abba Father, Pater Father. But I want you to write something, or I want you to look at some scriptures for a few moments where the word Pater or Abba is used in Mark 14, 36. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's, and he's praying. He said, Abba, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Jesus himself referred to his father as Pater, as Abba, as Daddy, as Papa. In Luke 23, 34, he's on the cross, and one of the seven saints, Father, or Pater, Daddy, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And so the relationship that Jesus has with the Father is Jesus refers to his heavenly Father as his daddy, as his pater, as his Abba. And then the Apostle Paul is teaching us something. I want to show you two verses that just rock me in my spirit and just move me. It's Romans 8.15. Paul's writing to a church in Rome. He said, the spirit you received. I, I got to push pause. How many people are glad when you got saved, you got Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? How many people are glad that Holy Spirit is in you when you come on? How many people are glad Holy Spirit is in you? And Paul says, the Spirit you receive doesn't make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship church. When you became a follower of Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit took residence in your life, and you became either a son or a daughter of the living God. And because of that, he said, and by him, we can cry, Abba, Father, because Holy Spirit is in you. You're a child of God, and you can now look at God the Father, not just as Almighty God, not just as Creator. You can connect with him as your daddy, as your papa, as your intimate father. What an amazing connection. Paul picks it up to the church of Galatia, Galatians 4, 6. Same truth, different church. He said, because you're his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba Father. There's a problem, and I need to expose it. And I want you to write this in your notes. The number one, the number one barrier that keeps many people from fully understanding God as daddy, as papa, as pater, as abba. It's the number one barrier that keeps people from connecting to God intimately is they think their heavenly father is like their earthly father. And there's probably hundreds of you in this second morning service, you're like, well, my, my earthly father was absent. He, I don't even know him. Or Mark, my earthly father was, was angry. We didn't know on any given day if it would be angry dad or, or happy dad that would walk in the doors. And some of you are like, well, my, my, my earthly father was not absent. He wasn't angry. He was just, he was just aloof or, or he, was, he was aggressive. And you don't have this good image or this good memory of earthly father. And, and sometimes subconsciously, and you don't do it intentionally, but you transpose your image of earthly father to heaven. Heavenly Father, and it becomes a barricade and a block of you connecting in your prayer life. I read something this week, and it was, it was, it was referring to a book that was written by a psychologist at a university in New York, and he called it The Faith of the Fatherless. The Faith of the Fatherless. And he explored the 50 renowned atheists of all times, people like Karl Marx people like Sigmund Freud. And he said there's a common denominator between all 50 of these renowned atheists is that they 
hated their father. They were disconnected from their father. Their father was either dead or demanding or abusive, and and, and they were disconnected from their father. It's an interesting connection that their earthly father was not positive, and it affected their faith in God. And there's some of you, probably many of you today, you may not even realize it, but the barricade of your prayer life going to where God wants it to be is you have subconsciously transposed your image of earthly father to heavenly father, and it's holding It's holding you back. It's holding you back. I want you to write these four types of fathers you might have had growing up. Number one, the unreasonable father. Oh, man, my dad was unreasonable, you're thinking. Unreasonable. I, I, mean, I mean, I just, you couldn't talk to him. I couldn't connect to him. I couldn't, I couldn't dialogue with him. Every time I tried to talk to dad, it just, he shut me down. And I mean, I couldn't tell him how I really felt. And I felt I just had to obey him at all times. And I, I, I never really had a good relationship with daddy because he wasn't my daddy. He was my father. And, and I mean, I just, I said yes when he told me to do something. And it's, it's unreasonable. Or number two, maybe it's an unreliable father. I mean, he made promises, but he never kept them. He was a promise maker, but he wasn't a promise keeper. My dad was so, you might be thinking here, my dad was so unreliable. Number one, the unreasonable father. Number two, the unreliable father. And then number three, the unconcerned father. And you're sitting here thinking, ha, my dad didn't care anything about me. He didn't even show up to my graduation. He never came to any of my hockey games. In fact, when I graduated with honors, he never said to me, I'm proud of you. My dad, my dad was so, so unconcerned. My dad was unreliable, unreasonable, and number four, unpleasable. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking, ha, my dad, I could never please him. I got, a, I got an A. It wasn't enough. I got an A plus. It wasn't enough. I got a new job, and it was wasn't good enough. I, I could never please my dad. Now, here's what the devil does. The devil takes your image of earthly father and causes it to affect your image of heavenly father because the devil doesn't want you to connect in an intimate daddy pup around with God the father. But today we're exposing it. And today we're going to align the misconceptions under the truth of God's word. And today I'm going to reveal to you from the pages of God's word that Abba daddy father is the most amazingly father and we give him glory come on put your hands together and honor daddy father in this place so I, I, I want today to unpack quickly what kind of father is God? Let's answer the question. What kind of father, what kind of father is God? According to the pages of God's word, four quick things. Number one, he's a caring father. He cares for you. No one ever cared for me like my father, my heavenly. He cares for you more than you can ever imagine. And he loves you more than you can ever comprehend. Paul said in Ephesians 3, 17 to 19, I pray that you being rooted, established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, long, high, deep is the love of Christ. Verse 19, to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, you may be filled to the measure 
of the fullness of God. Paul said to the church in Rome, in Romans 8, verse 38 and verse 39, for I'm convinced neither death, life, angels, demons, present nor future, nor powers, verse 39, height, depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. That's in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Church, get it in your spirit. God loves you more than you can ever imagine. His love is infinite. His love is matchless. His love is endless. When you think he loves you, he loves you more than you think. I tell you, church, he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. If you don't get anything else from this message today, get this. God loves you so, so much so much. John 3.16 teaches us that love went into action. He didn't just tell us he loves us for God so loved the world. He gave his only son. I mean, he gave his son and whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. I started to study in the New Testament and I saw two scriptures where people questioned, does God really care for me? One of them was Mary, Martha. Jesus is coming over for dinner. You know the story. Luke 10, verse 40. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had been made. She came to him, Jesus, and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Two mistakes. Number one, she questioned, does God care? Of course he cares. Secondly, she tried to tell Jesus what to do. I mean, Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Martha's in the kitchen getting the meal ready. And so Martha got confused and actually asked Jesus, don't you care? But my favorite scripture is found in Mark 4, 38. There's a big storm, and the water is raging, and the wind is blowing, and the boat's getting filled with water, and Jesus is in the stern, sleeping, maybe even snoring, but he's sleeping. The Bible says in Mark 4.38, Jesus is in the stern, sleeping on a cushion, and the disciples woke him. I could picture them shaking him. Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Why could Jesus sleep in the stern? Because when Jesus is in your boat, you're not going to sink. And when Jesus is in your marriage, it will thrive. When Jesus is the center of your finances, you will be blessed. When Jesus is the center, wherever you put Jesus in the center, blessing will always be released. He cares for you more than you can ever imagine. He cares what you're walking through. He cares what you're facing. Nobody ever cared for me like my Jesus. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. We're not fly fishing today. We're not casting our line forward. In fact, cast is a simple word. Just drop it. You ever said something to someone? They said, just drop it. Well, the Bible doesn't say stop talking about it. The Bible says just drop it, which means let go of your problem and let it be caught in the arms of God because he cares for you. Matthew said, Jesus said, in Matthew 6, 31, 32, don't worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagan runs after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. I could give you 20, 50, 100 more scriptures that are clear. God is a caring Father. Number two, he's a consistent Father. He's not mad one day, happy the next. He, he doesn't go up and down and fluctuate in his moods. He, he, he is a consistent father. I want to say something to every man in this place. If you're a dad, please hear me. Please hear me. Inconsistent fathers produce insecure children. I pray that God would help me and help every man who's a father to model consistency 
so that the security will rise in the children. Now, that, that sounds so negative, but, but here's the hope. And, and I've had to discover this in my own life, and you probably need to discover it in your life. Don't expect your father to give you what he can't give you. Don't expect your father to meet all your needs. You need to look to Heavenly Father who can meet all your needs. You need to look to Him, the God who is never inconsistent. God can meet your needs. In fact, even as I was studying it this week, one writer said something that that rocked me, and I never looked at it this way. They said, not only does the role of the father in the home affect the image of God the father, but so does the role of the mother in the home. In other words, if you are a parent, whether you're a mom or a dad, you can affect the image of your child and how they look to father. We've got a church filled with many single moms And you might be sitting here today going, I'm at a disadvantage today. I don't have a a husband in my life. And how can this model down to my children? I'll tell you, lady, we are proud of you. And we honor you. And you're doing a good job. And may we as a church come alongside you. And you, miss, can make a difference in your child's life. And model caring and consistency. You can make a difference. But church, hear me today. you got to shift your eyes from from earthly mom and dad to heavenly father. Don't expect all your needs to be met by the earthly parent. Look to the father, the father that changes not, God the father who can meet your needs. Let me show you some scriptures. James 1, 17, every good, perfect gift from above comes down from the father, the pattern, the father, the Abba, the father of the heavenly lights who doesn't change like shifting shadows. 2 Timothy 2.13, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. Isn't it a good word today that even if we're faithless, he still is faithful. I might be faithless, but he is faithful. And then Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, I, the Lord, do not change. Psalm 59.10, my God on whom I can rely. And then there's number three. I mean, he's not just a caring father. He's not just a consistent father. He's a close father. He's not distant. He is not a walled on you. Just because you don't feel his presence doesn't mean he's not there. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. Acts 17, 27, God did this so that they would seek him. And perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from any one of us. Psalm 148, 18, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Matthew 7, 11, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Psalm 34, 18, the Lord, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. I don't know how you were raised, but I know how I was raised. It's 10 years ago that my earthly father stepped into eternity. If he was alive today, he would be 82 years of age. He was 72 when he passed. I was raised in a great home, great parents, godly people. But I caught on, especially in the later years of my dad's life, especially in his last year on earth, that He was carrying residue from his upbringing and hurts from his past of his own biological father and how it was manifested in our life. We never heard our father say the words over us, I love you. 
Never heard it once. But I remember the day we got married, Evelyn and I, and my father gave me an envelope that was thick. I got to confess to you, I thought it was $100 bills in the envelope. Yes. But it was better than money. I opened it up, and it was a seven-page letter that was folded up. And the words were, I love you, son. I'm proud of you, son. I could not have chosen a better person to be your wife. Keep serving Jesus. Keep being the pastor that you are. There's destiny. Seven pages of him speaking. He couldn't verbalize it, but he could write it. And I remember reading that, and I was so moved in my spirit, and, and I caught on that, that, that my father had some barricade that affected him, that I'm sure affected him and, and his, his connection with God, that he didn't fully understand that, that God was not just this cosmic killjoy. No, he's not that. He's not an angry God. He's not a distant God. He is patter God. He is Abba God. He is Daddy God. The week that my father stepped into eternity, the day before, my sister called me and said, you need to get here now. Dad's not going to last more than 24 hours. I got in the van. We got the kids from school. It's a Friday. I got to confess to you, I sped down the 401. Please forgive me. I got through Toronto. We got to the hospital, and Evelyn parked the vehicle, and I ran in, and I got into the room. And to be honest, there's this depleted man, 80 pounds, in a bed, and no hair and his jaws are drawn in and I looked at him I said sir I'm sorry I'm in the wrong room until I saw the name on the end of the bed it was my father and I walked over to him and I had a quiet moment before the fam came in and my father was trying to reach out his arms to me it's like he wanted to put his arms around me and although I can't prove this I felt the spirit of the Lord say to me that he wanted to say the words that he had never said before. I love you. And I can remember just holding him for that brief little moment. It was awkward because this wasn't the norm in our house, to be honest with you. It wasn't the norm. And now as I fast forward, I'm in my 50s and a father of growing children in their 20s and her son and his He's 30 years of age and a grandfather of three kids, and my daughters will tell you this. I, I go overboard saying to them, I love you. I say, have I told you yet today I love you? I, I want to be free with those words. I, I don't want, the, I want them. I want to break what I didn't have. And I'm here to say to you today, regardless of earthly father, God can turn this around for you to be a better mom, a better dad, and a better parent so that you can model for your children what God the heavenly father is so the devil would not trick them and deceive them. I'm here to say to you today that God the Father is a caring Father. God the Father is a consistent Father. And God the Father is a close Father. But there's one more thing. He's a competent Father. You know, growing up, I thought my dad was like Superman. I mean, I thought he could do anything. I mean, he couldn't say, I love you, but, but my dad can do anything. I thought he could change the weather. I thought he could shorten the school year. I, I remember two stories. And one, we're on our way to the States, and we're going over a bridge, I think, to New York. And, and the sun's in my dad's eyes. And, 
and, and I, looked in the, I looked out the back windshield, and there's a car going really quick, too fast. Obviously didn't know that we were stopped. And, and, and my, I now know what my dad did. He tapped the brake, and so the red brake light showed. So the car behind him saw that there was a car in front of them. And, and the person hit their brakes. Honest to goodness, I'm not exaggerating the story. I looked out the rearview mirror, and I saw a car going like this, skidding. And I started laughing. Not for one moment did I think the car was going to hit us. Because my daddy was at the wheel. Nothing can go wrong because my daddy is at the wheel. I remember, I'm a little embarrassed to tell you the next story, but it, honest to goodness, is a true story. I was real young, and I'm in the schoolyard, and everybody's bragging about their dad. Well, my dad's a banker. Well, my dad works in a shoe factory. That's what I said. Well, my dad this. Well, my dad's bigger than your dad. I had had it with the conversation. I said, all right, your dad, meet my dad at the church, 4 o'clock. There's going to be a fight, and I promise you my dad's going to take your dad down. And I went home, and... My dad said, you did what? Because my dad was competent. The Bible says in Luke 137, nothing is impossible with God. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, Now to him is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Church, never forget it. Abba, Daddy, Pater, Father can make the difference in your life. He cares for you. He's consistent. He is close, but he is competent. He is for you. He is not against you. He can bring the miraculous in your life because he is Daddy God. Come on, put your hands together again and celebrate daddy daddy as I wrap up this brief message I want to take you to a question that I'm asked all the time Mark isn't God everybody's father isn't everybody a child of God well yeah but no And I want you to write this in your notes. There's a huge difference between becoming a father and being a father. Am I right? You can can become a father. You, You can become a father. And just because you become a father, there's a difference between becoming a father and being a father. And becoming a father is creation. Yes, God the Father created everybody on planet Earth. But not everybody on planet Earth has chosen to invite Jesus in their life and become a child of the living God and connect to God. The Bible says so clearly in John 14, 6 and 6. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. You want to know Daddy, you got to know the Son. And when God sent His Son to the earth in, in the incarnation of man, it was God the Father revealing Himself to planet earth and to mankind. And so when Jesus gave the Lord's Prayer, He shattered the image of what people saw God as, and He introduced God as a Daddy and as a Father. In Galatians 3, 26, so in Christ Jesus, you're all children of God through faith. I want to leave you this morning with something that I'm going to be so intentional with. Because as I look out today, there's, there's, there's a lot of people in the house this morning. 
There's a lot of people probably watching on live streaming. And, and, and I know what I'm about to say is true. There's probably hundreds of you sitting here this morning that you've got residue of baggage. You've got sorrows. You've got, you've got hurts. You've got, you've got some emptiness. You've got some pain. You've, you've got something going on inside of you because of, your, because of your upbringing, because of your childhood, because of a father that was absent, because of a father that was abusive, because of a father that was distant, because of a father that was distracted because of a father that wasn't like God the father that we looked at today and maybe not consciously but subconsciously you're, you're, you're bringing that into your connection with God and the reason why your prayer life your prayer life is a little stale it's a little cold it's a little limited is because the devil has caused you to transpose earthly father to heavenly father here's the hope write it in your notes oh, I couldn't wait to tell you this there's healing for the whole in your soul today from your heavenly father I felt the Spirit of the Lord say to me that He wants to open the heavens and He wants to release His Holy Spirit. And it's like the Holy Spirit is going to stitch together what the devil tried to break. I felt the Lord say to me that there's going to be a healing in the house today. That your prayer life is going to move to levels that it's never reached before. That you're going to have a brand new connection with Abba, Father, Daddy. And because of your hurts of your past, it's not going to be a hang-up for your future. I believe God is going to bring healing to the hole in your soul today. Somebody shout amen. amen. And so I want to leave you with a scripture that I have prayed over and felt honestly that it was a, a word. And I don't say it lightly. I feel this is a word. I feel this is a word for this house today. I feel that this is a scripture for every man, every woman, every person in the house today. It's Matthew 3, 16 and 17 where you know the story where Jesus was baptized. I mean, he, 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 he's coming out of the water. This is verse 16. And as he's coming out of the water, he's being baptized by John the Baptist in the River Jordan. At that moment, heaven was open. And I felt the Lord say to me, Mark, I'm going to open heaven over the church this morning. And it says, he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. And a dove is gentleness and, and, a, and a lightning on him, a resting on him. And I felt the Lord say to me, Mark, I'm going to open heaven over the house this morning. And Holy Spirit's going to come upon people. And the gentle doctor is going to mend the holes in hearts today. Now I want to show you what it says in verse 17. A voice from heaven said, whose voice was it? Daddy's voice. Whose voice was it? Abba's voice. Whose voice was it? Potter's voice. It wasn't the Creator's voice. It wasn't the Almighty's voice. It was, it was the voice of Daddy, God the Father, who said something over the Son of God. And the Lord said to me, if Jesus needed to hear these words, how much more does the body of Christ need to hear these words? And the Lord said to me, he is speaking the very words that he spoke over the Son, Jesus. He is speaking them over the house today. What did he say? This is my Son. Whom I love. And with him, I'm well pleased. And then the Lord just gave me three words. I didn't read this anywhere. I just started to pen them down as Holy Ghost began to unfold it. And the first word is acceptance. 
And I felt the Lord say to me that there's going to be a lot of people in the house this morning that you've been striving for acceptance. And then the devil is causing you to look for, I just want acceptance. I I just want acceptance. I, I just want somebody to accept me. Stop looking to earthly people and look to Heavenly Father. And Heavenly Father, as he said to the son, this is my, this is my boy. This, this is my son. This, this is my son. The powder father looked to Jesus as he's coming out of the water and said, that's my boy. The Lord said to me, he's saying over the house today, sir, you You are a son of the living God. Ma'am, you are a daughter of the living God. You are a child of God. We are no longer slaves anymore. And Holy Spirit who's in you wants you to be able to cry out in, 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 in response. See, the Father has spoken. The Father has spoken. And the Father is speaking today. You are my son. You are my daughter. And your response need to be daddy, father, father, daddy. You can have an intimate connection. Come on, give a clap offering of praise to God the Father. You can have an intimate connection. Acceptance. The second word that the Lord just showed me is affirmation. Affirmation. And the Lord just said to me, Mark, there's going to be hundreds of people this morning that you've been starving for affirmation. I just, I, I need my boss to say to me, you did a good job. I've been waiting for my mom to say, you did well. My, my dad to say, way to go, son, but, but you're not getting it. Stop expecting from earthly dad what he is, so, he is or she is so wounded that they can't give. Get your affirmation from God the Father. As Pater Daddy said to Jesus, whom I love, you might know this. There's different Greek words for love. One Greek word for love is philios. We get, we get Philadelphia. It means brotherly love. So I'm a brother. I'm a sister. Brotherly love. That's not the word he used. There's another Greek word, eros. We get the word erotic. And that means sensuality. Now, that's not the word that he used. But there's an amazing Greek word that's used here. And it's the word agape, which means unconditional love. Which means I will love you no matter what. There's nothing you can do that will stop me from loving you. I love you. I love you. And it will never change. I love you unconditionally. And the same words that the Father spoke over the Son, the Father is speaking over you today. He says, I love you. You didn't love him first. He loved you first. Your love to him is in response to his love for you. He made the first move. He loves you so much. He sent his Son, Jesus. He put love in action. It's an unconditional love. Don't look for affirmation from husband or wife. Oh, I know you need it. Don't don't, don't get disappointed when you don't get that affirmation from husband or, or wife wife, or you don't get that affirmation from earthly father. Look for your affirmation from God the Father, because he is looking down to you today, like he looked to the Son, and he's saying, I love you. I love you. Come on, put your hands together and celebrate him. But there's one more word. Number three, approval. I, I, I knew this, but somehow I missed it. I mean, when, when Pater Daddy said to the son, with whom I'm well pleased, I mean, I mean the first thing he said, this, this is my son. It's like he's saying, that's my boy. 
And when he said, whom I love, I love you. And when he says, with whom I'm well pleased, it's like he was saying, I'm proud of you. No, no, don't miss it. I, I'm, I'm shocked that I overlooked this. I already knew it, but, but it became like a divine revelation to my spirit. And you need to hear it today, that this was, the, this was the water baptism of Jesus because Jesus was modeling baptism. He was modeling to, if Jesus got baptized, well, we need to get baptized in water. But, but we don't know a lot about those years between teenage to 33. We know a lot about, his, a little bit about his childhood, but we know lots about his ministry, but hear this, hear this. When the father said, I am proud of you, Jesus had not healed a single body yet. He hadn't fed the hungry yet. He certainly hadn't gone to the cross yet. He hadn't done any miracles. He had not even began his ministry. Don't miss it. When the father gave affirmation to the son, the affirmation came before Jesus did anything. That teaches me that God wants to affirm you not for what you do, but for who you are. And the reason why you're struggling in your prayer walk is you're struggling for affirmation for what you're doing. And God the Father is saying to the house this morning, I don't love you and proud of you for what you do. I'm proud of you for who you are. If the Father said to the Son before he did anything, I'm pleased with you. God said to me, he's looking at the house today and he's saying, I'm proud of you today. I felt the Lord say to me, that he wants you and I to climb into the arms of Abba Daddy pattern. And he wants to hold us today. I closed with this story. I'm a grandpa. We got three granddaughters. I mean, one's turning five this fall, and she's in kindergarten, senior care. Wow. Another one just turned three, and the little one is... Not even one yet. And, and when they're over at the house, I get the middle-aged one, and I put her on the floor, and I start tickling her, and she's laughing her head off. And, oh, puppy, puppy, ah, puppy. Ah. The more she laughed, the more I tickle her. <laughs> and then I get the oldest one, and I get her down, and I start tickling, and she just looks at me. I tickle her feet, she looks, I tickle her belly, she looks, I mean, occasionally under the chin, she laughs, but not often. She's not ticklish at all. And she's, she's not even five. And I said to her, honey, how come you're not ticklish, but your sister is ticklish everywhere? And she looked at me like I knew nothing. And she said, puppy, that's because God has made us all different. Now, I love the oldest as much as I love the middle, as much as I love the youngest. And I love my son as much as I love my middle daughter and my youngest daughter. But God has made them all different. And just because we're different doesn't mean we're loved less. God wants to hold you. And the closer you get into the arms of Abba Father, just like I whisper little thoughts into their ears as I hold my grandchildren, the closer you are to the Father in His arms, the more He will reveal to you in your prayer life. So church, let's not settle where we're at in our prayer life. Let's deepen our connection with Daddy, Pater, Abba, Father. Get on your feet this morning, please.
Put your hands together and give a loud clap offering of praise to the Lord God. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm asking that no one would leave unless it's absolutely urgent. In our final minutes, there's two things. Number one, have you connected with God the Father through His Son, Jesus? If today was the day that you died, you know that you're going to heaven. A man that my wife was in in a church in Labrador City. That we were in Bible college together as pastoring in our district. Battling cancer, but, but doing all right. Golfed 18 holes on Thursday. Friday morning had a massive stroke and stepped into eternity. There's no guarantee that you've got the rest of the day. My question to everyone in this auditorium and everyone that is watching on live streaming, if today was the day that you died, do you know that 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 you're going to heaven? I feel in my spirit, just like in first service, there's a number of you today, you can't answer that with a definite yes, but in just a moment, I'm going to count to three. And after I count to three, if you want to be included and led in this prayer to make your peace with God through Jesus Christ, I'm going to invite you in a couple of moments to lift your hand. Maybe you've never looked at it that way. I, I go to church, but I've never looked at it that way. Going to church is not what makes you a believer. You've got to personally ask Christ to be the center of your life. Giving the offering doesn't get you to heaven. You've got to personally ask Jesus to be the center of your life. It's not your goodness that saves you. It's His goodness. You can't buy it. Work for it. Maybe you've never done that, or maybe you did it one time, but you know you're far from God, and today you want to settle it. I'm going to count to three. And if you don't be included and led in this prayer, I just want you to lift your hand, then you can put it down. By lifting your hand, you're letting me know, Pastor, I want Jesus in the center of my life, and I want to be ready for heaven. One, two, three. That's you. Just lift your hand. High you Hands are going up across this place. You can put your hand down. Thank you for your honesty. Way up on the balcony, bless you. In the main level, bless you. And if you lifted your hand, I'm going to lead you in this prayer. and We're going to join you as you pray. So let's join together. Let's pray with these wonderful people. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I ask you into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. I have decided to follow Jesus. Today, I make my peace with you. Today, I confess you as my Savior and my Lord. I pray it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Open your eyes. It's party time. Come on. Come on. It's party time. I mean, every Sunday... We got between 30 to 50 guests, and we're honored to have guests. And I hope you drop by the guest lounge, but we're starting to see 20 to 30 people, it feels like, between our two morning services each week coming to Christ. And we need to give God the glory and the honor and the praise and the thanks. And I, You prayed that prayer.
in a couple of moments on your way out, go to the follow wall. We got a Bible for you. It's free. A little booklet for you. It's free. And on Wednesday nights, we have a follow class, and they can help you in your newfound faith, and uh, they can share more with you. If you're our guest, I hope you've dropped by the guest lounge. But number two, Pastor Brad, I, I, I'm just feeling, the, we're going to sing that song. By the way, that song about the good father is powerful. And there's, thank you for teaching it to us today. It's powerful. We're going to sing it. And I, I just feel the Lord say to me in the second service to lead this final moment a little different. And here's the deal. This altar is open. We're going to sing this song before we go. And I just feel the Lord's going to open the windows of heaven and he's going to wrap his arms around each one of us. And I believe as we sing this song, he's going to kind of gently speak into our spirit, you are my child and I love you and I'm proud of you. And I just feel the Lord saying to me, there's going to be a deepening of the connection between the children of God and Daddy Father. But if you want to leave where you're standing and come and stand at this altar, come on down. Come on down. Let's sing it one more time before we go. Lift your hands. Let's sing to the Lord. This altar is open. And all my life you have been Let's lift our hands and sing it.